الحمد لله العليم الخبير المتقن نظام العالم بلا معين ونصير فسبحان الله الذي حكمته بالغة وعلمه غزير ونعمه واصلة إلى كل صغير وكبير ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في نقير ولا قطمير ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله الذي هدانا بكتاب منير ودعانا إلى الله بالإنذار والتبشير صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه ما دامت الكواكب تسير أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أفأمنوا مكر الله فلا يأمن مكر الله إلا القوم الخاسرون وقال النبي صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم بادروا بالصدقة فإن البلاء لا يتخطاها أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Honorable scholars, respected brothers, friends and elders, mothers and sisters One of the salient qualities and attributes of the friends of Allah is That they constantly fear that Allah can seize and withhold the assets and faculties given to me at any time. So the one who fears Allah is gripped in perpetual concern. My Lord can strike at any time. قُلْ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ أَصْبَحَ مَاءُكُمْ غَوْرًا فَمَنْ يَأْتِيكُمْ بِمَاءٍ مَعِينٍ Tell them, O Muhammad if I deny them water, the water from the ground, I cause it to sink so deep, that I block their access, and I bar them water from the clouds. What resources do they have in place to get water? قُلْ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ سَمْعَكُمْ وَأَبَصَارَكُمْ وَخَتَمَ عَلَى قُلُوبِكُمْ Ask them if I were to seize their vision, if I were to snatch their hearing, if I were to seal their hearts, which deity can restore these faculties? Medical science talks of gerontology, the aging of the human body, in which nature gradually reclaims all the faculties endowed upon man in installments. The vision went, the hearing went, the teeth went, the hair went, the cognitive skills went, touch of Alzheimer's, full-blown dementia. And then Allah says, so that he leaves this world as ignorant as he arrived. He leaves this world. I often say, we plan, we plan, and then the next morning we stand up and we execute the plan. And it carries on for a long time. You know me, I'm methodical, I'm calculated, I'm circumspect, I got my ducks in a row. If I say 10 o'clock, it happens at 10. So I plan and I execute so I foolishly and naively think it happens because I plan. So one morning I get up and I also have a plan in place. Listen, I'm not going to make it for the 10 o'clock appointment. I just got the sharp pain. I can't explain it. I don't know. We're going to the doctors. I phoned a friend of mine. Oh, listen, I'm not going to make it. There's a protest and there's looting here. There's just chaos and mayhem and anarchy. So there's outside circumstances that intervenes between me and my plan. And then I realized it never happened because I planned. I was planning and Allah was allowing it to happen 
So I was foolishly thinking that it was happening because I was planning. As a kid, I'm talking back when I was going to Maktab, so there was a traffic officer and a marshal that used to come to take care of the pedestrian crossing. So he used to come on his motorcycle and obviously he had a siren, early 80s. So every day after Salah, we used to come and it was a thrill and an excitement, the siren. So anyway you press, he presses the button. Now you think, wow, this cycle is amazing. You kick the tire, ooh, wow. You touch this, wow. And each child, they had this foolish notion till one day the traffic officer wasn't there and now suddenly nothing is working. And you realize that Allah is in absolute control. You realize that Allah is in absolute control. And that is my message today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, do they feel safe and secure from my plot and my plan that I cannot strike at any time? And in Bayanul Quran, the Mufassir writes so amazing, Oh my word. If you can grasp this, my brother, it sets the tone of your life in order. You know what? You rewire yourself. You realign it. You upgrade the software on your sat-nav. Do they feel that I, they're outside my grip and they're outside my control? So Allah poses a question. The, the, my, my message that I want to focus on today, life is fickle. Life is ever-changing. You can't be loud. You can't be arrogant. Nobody is an anchored tenant on earth. Nobody is anchored. Neither me nor you. So where, where's the room for the arrogance? Where's the room for the pride? Where's the room for the haughtiness? The things around us are telling us a narrative every second. Do we still hold on to the same values? So Allah asks the question, do they feel they're safe? So another verse of the Quran, وَإِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الضُّرُّ فِي الْبَحْرِ ضَلَّ مَنْ تَدْعُونَ إِلَّا so when you gripped with a storm in the center of the ocean, then you're quick to forget all powers but me. And you're quick to make vows. Then I give you a verbatim translation. I barely take you to the shore and there's no limit to your arrogance. I barely take you to the shore. What they say? Many a vows are made in storms and forgotten in calm. Many a vows are made in storm and forgotten in calm. Allah, if I come out of this, Allah, this rut, this, this challenge of my life, Allah, can I just cross this, my Lord? Then, then it's me and you for the rest of my life. So then Allah poses the next question. Do you think only the center of the ocean is in my control and the shore is outside my grip? Do you have to be in ICU to die or you can die in general ward also? Because once you come in general ward, you just relax yourself completely like it's all over now. Now you know what? We've waved the storm. We've moved it aside. So let me give you an, an ayah and share with you quickly two, three incidents to just make us understand 
the fickle nature of life and how a believer needs to adjust and adapt and be versatile to the challenges. I'm not a political analyst, so I'm not going to give you a political analogy of the crisis that have gripped our country. The media would run with it. I think it's my moral, ethical, and religious obligation that standing here we advocate from a spiritual dimension. How do we look into it? And I swear by Allah, the Quran is so contemporary that it never fails to amaze me regardless of the situations in the world there is a verse that fits the scenario so aptly like it was revealed exclusively for that that's the universal nature of the quran inma mathalul hayatid dunya kama in anzalnahu minas samaa fakhtalata bihi nabatul ardi Wow. The similitude, the parable, the simile, the example of the human life by the being who created the universe and designed the humankind. He likens it. You can understand and appreciate the richness of the parable. This is Allah Himself, free from exaggeration. Innama, and then Ma creates hasr, exclusive. There's nothing more to this example than what Allah is saying. The similitude of human life on earth is like rain. It comes down from the skies, from the clouds. It mingles with the herbs of the earth. And then there's lush vegetation that grows. There's beautiful produce. There's beautiful gardens. There's great harvests. My word, when this garden is completed and the farmer and the tiller says, tomorrow I'm harvesting my crops. Tomorrow early morning we're mobilizing, we're working, we work in double shift. Amplify or extend the parable. The student says, I've just completed my board exams. Tomorrow I'm graduating. The shop owner says, we've just signed the deal. Tomorrow I collect the keys. Election campaign is over. Tomorrow I'm inaugurated. Give you a translation of the verse. Your hearts will burst. And the owner feels there's nothing to block me. It's mine. It's just a formality of a signature or a key handover or a document. In that minute, we struck either the night preceding it or the day before it. And we reduced that orchard and garden to smithereens in a way like it never existed before. You're walking into something like there was no shop, there was no empire, there was absolutely nothing. In a like manner do we explain the verses for men who reflect. So, as I mentioned, the verse I recited, Allah is asking, do they feel safe that they covered, they insulated, they buffered, they fortified, they got their... I'm, I'm, I'm too strong, I'm too resilient, I bounce back, I've got enough... You, 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 you can't uproot me. I've got, uh, I've got investments abroad as well. You must see what's written in Bayan al-Quran and it gives me a shiver in my back. 
And that's what I said is the salient quality of the pious. At every time they fear in my son, you eat in this, we don't know what tomorrow can happen. You enjoy in the sky, you don't know when Allah can strike. But listen to the beauty. And in this is a diagnosis and a prescription. So the prognosis is that this is the condition, but what's the cure for it is also in the same ayah. Allah says, do they feel safe? It's only losers and arrogant people who think they covered and they protected. Now, under this ayah, in the ambit of this verse, the scholars write, And included in the warning of this verse is anyone and everyone upon whom Allah has conferred some skill, some ability, some charisma, some strength. And he doesn't fear that Allah can snatch his skill away from him. No, no, I'm too good, man. I'm in the field of oratory for two decades, man. This is now, you know what, part of my nature. Whoa, that's loud, my brother. I'm talking to myself. Whoa, that's loud, my brother. You know how long I'm operating in the theater? You know how long I'm doing this here? This is so amazing. Do not feel safe against the strike of Allah. In thinking you safe lies great fear. And in fearing you not, like, you not safe lies great safety. In thinking you safe and you covered and you protected, there's great fear in that attitude and that demeanor and that language. And in fearing constantly. So the prophetic supplications of the Prophet ﷺ was every day, Allahumma la tanzi' minni saliha ma a'taytani. Every day, Allah, please don't seize what you gave me. Allahumma inna na'udhu bika. This is the elementary duas my kids ought to grow up with. Living in the lap of luxury. No, no, my dad got it covered. We're too well secured. We're too well insulated. If one falls, we've got something else. We bounce back. This has happened to me before also. There hasn't been a hole from which I haven't stood up. Those are strong words, my brother. Some say it with their tongue and others throw it out with their demeanor. So a believer is, he fears always, right? The Prophet said, Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min zawali na'matik. Allah, I ask protection from the diversion of your bounties. The goodness that is coming my way, please don't avert it to anyone else. Let it come continuously towards me. That's the language of a believer. You contrast that with a disbeliever or a disobedient servant. The Quran says, what's his language? وَمَا أَظُنُّ أَن تَبِيدَ هَذِهِ أَبَدًا I, I can't see how I'm going to use my, lose my youth. It doesn't make sense to me. I jump my exercise and give you a verbatim translation. It doesn't make sense for me to lose my empire. It doesn't make sense. The, the, this is the sheer arrogance and haughtiness that's been thrown out in his words. And then it goes beyond. This whole Qiyamah story also, I'm not too sure if I'm convinced about it. So from one to another, what did Hassan Basri say? There are two things that distinguishes a believer. He fears Allah at all times, and he fears that the fear that he has for Allah is insufficient. Wow. Did you get that, my brother? He fears his Lord, 
and he constantly fears that my fear is insufficient. And then there are two traits that profiles a munafiq and a sinner. May Allah protect us. Isa'atan. He lives a carefree life. Wa'amnan. And he feels he's too safe. He's too covered. He's too insured. He's too fortified. And that's the time Allah strikes. So here's a quick reflection of how life can change quickly. There's an amazing incident. And, and, and this is the nature of life. It's only when it happens to us that we kind of get a jolt. It's an amazing tale of the consort of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Umm Salma radiallahu anha, who gives her own narrative of life, who gives her own narrative of life, that in the early stages, her father was known as Zadul Raqib, the provision for the traveler because he was a generous man. If you traveled with that man, you didn't have to carry money with you because he was so generous. Like I always say, some people, if you're traveling with them, you need to take both your wallets, you know, all your cards, because this guy, hey, how are you feeling? I'm not feeling too grand. You know what I'm saying, right? I'm not feeding two grand. Hey, but you're always missing that two grand of yours whenever we're traveling. Anyway, this man was generous. So whenever you went, he would spend. Spend, my brother. Today it's yours. Tomorrow it's not yours. And it's not how much of your wealth you'll give Allah. It's how much of Allah's wealth you'll keep for yourself. It's not how much of your wealth you'll give Allah. It's how much of Allah's wealth you'll keep for yourself. How much more do I need to see around me how volatile life is? So anyway, long story short, it's hostile in Mecca. So then they have to leave to Abyssinia. They travel to Abyssinia, she and her husband. When they get there, ثم تتابعت الأخبار على المهاجرين إلى أرض الحبشة بأن المسلمين في مكة قد كثر عددهم. The things in Mecca have now settled, so you can come back. So when they come back, only to discover that this was short-lived and the hostility of the infidels had reached unprecedented levels. They inflicted untold pain, trauma, difficulties, adversity. So the Prophet ﷺ then explored the second hijrah and that was the hijrah to Medina. And Umm Salma, who subsequently became the consort of the Messenger ﷺ, at that time she was wedded to her husband Abu Abdullah bin Abdul Asad. She said, myself and my husband and my kid, we got onto our camel. I'm saying how life can change. You know the ulama say, إِنَّ الْأَيْدِي أَلَّتِي أَلْقَتْ يُوسُفْ فِي الْبِئْرِ the very hands that plotted the killing of Yusuf, that means his siblings, they came with their hands and they dropped their brother in the well and they kicked him. The narration of Ibn Kathir, go, 11 stars, sun, moon, you can sit and fantasize there. What the passage of time and the intervention of Qadr and fate, those very hands came now with blisters on it with their begging bowls while Yusuf sat on the throne and said, Your Excellency, Your Majesty, we beg you. Your Excellency, we are gripped with serious crisis. You know what? We're in a bad position in life. If you want to be kind enough to just help us and take us out of our misery and our pain. Today your hands are soft. Today you're covered. It's just a passage of time. 
Come out of the deception and the delusion that if somebody is in need of me, he will remain in my need forever. I was reading in one tafsir, just as a side comment, one of the greatest favors of Allah upon man is he's made him full of needs. The scholars say if Allah had to make human at any point free of need, there would be no limit to his tyranny and his arrogance. You know, because Allah says he barely perceives a degree of independence and then see how he turns his back. Wow, he's so arrogant. Just because he can walk a little bit on his own. So he snubs those that made him take his baby steps. He ignores. And then look at what Allah says. Allah says, I'm the most independent, which is supposed to necessitate arrogance, but I'm the most kind. I'm the most independent, yet I'm the most kind. My time is running out and I've been given like a dead on the nose at Korotu. Okay, so anyway... What happens? They say we are mounted on our conveyance. Abu Salma al I sat on my camel. My son is on my lap and my husband is with me. Makkah is hostile, it's not conducive. So he takes the reins and off we leave. As we leave in Makkah, life is fickle. Life is changing. Life is evolving. Nobody is an anchor tenant. Nobody has what he has permanently. Allah can strike anytime. So what I need to do, I need to fear that my Lord can strike every day. So what I need to do, read the duas, begging, beseeching my Allah. And my body language, humility and not arrogance. So as we will live in Makkah, Ra'ana, my nation seen uh, myself, that is my tribe was Banu Mahzum. So they came to my husband and they said, "In kunta qalabtana ala nafsik, fama balu imraatika hadhihi wahiya bintuna." That listen, you belong to Abdul Asad. Good luck to you. But that girl, that that's our tribe. That's our family. She's our girl. So we're not going to allow you to abduct our girl and go. Wantazauni minhu intizaa. So my tribe came and separated me from my husband. They wouldn't reason. They wouldn't make logic. They just came and forcefully took me aside. So I moved aside with my, with my kid. This is subsequently the spouse of Nabi alayhi salam. And that's my pain. I've said it in hundred talks of mine that unfortunately the elementary aspects of our faith, we are not abreast with. It would be what an ideal scenario that I could reference any aspect of the impeccable legacy of the Prophet and each person could tap into his archives and open up that page. Yeah, yeah, of course I know that and just make an anecdotal reference and move on. But lo and behold, for the best part of us, it's like, oh, really? I didn't even know. You're talking of not a first lady, the wife of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in years to come. So anyway, my family took me and moved aside. And as we moved aside, that وَمَا إِنْ رَآهُمْ قَوْمُ زَوْجِي بَنُ عَبْدِ الْأَسَدِ يَأْخُذُونَنِي أَنَا وَطِفْلِي My husband's tribe, when they seen me moving to my side, they came and they said, listen, you want to take that girl, you can take her. But that child, that's our flesh. That's our flesh. They had a tussle, they dislodged my son's hand in front of me and his, hand, his, his, his arm was dislocated and they pulled my son and went away. Now literally my son is moving there, I'm going here and there's my husband. فَزَوْجِي أَمَّا أَنَا فَقَدْ عَلَيَّ قَوْمِي 
She says, في ساعة فرق بيني وبين زوجي وبين ابني. In a matter of one minute, a family unit of three were divided into three different directions. This is life. My, my, my time is up. مكثت على ذلك السنة أو قريبا من سنة. I stayed like this for one year, crying until the destiny changed. You can read the tale. I want to leave you on some motivation. Where to from here? The message, the hadith that I quoted, the first thing I said is that we need to start becoming more conscious of fearing. The ulama say, what's the definition of humility? That you constantly tell yourself, I don't deserve what Allah gave me. What's the definition of arrogance? I deserve this and more. What's the definition of humility? Every day you tell yourself with your children, you're sitting, listen, kids, we're eating. May Allah give you more. May Allah give us more. But understand, this is Allah's mercy. He can strike at any time. Either Allah takes the food away or Allah takes the taste buds away. Either way, your Lord can paralyze you and incapacitate you. Badiru sadaqa. The Prophet wasallam said, give charity without delay. Because charity just comes and blocks the tragedy just comes and stands there in front and says, no, you're going to go that way. You're not coming this way. There's the famous incident in both Bukhari and Muslim, a synopsis of that, where three people were gripped in, in, in different crises. One was bald, one was blind, and one was a leper. And each one of them were breaking even, living a poor life, abject poverty. And an angel came, the hadith is in Bukhari and Muslim, and the angel came to the leper and said, listen, what, what would you constitute as a miracle? He says, if I can get up one day, lonun hasan, jildun hasan, this illness of mine is cured. Yesterday I met a brother, he said, I've got this gout, man, why don't make dua for me? I just dream in one day I get up and I don't have gout. I said, may Allah bless you. Come min abdin yarjul bashara fatabdu lahul khasara. Wa kam min abdin yarjul ata fayabdu lahul bala. Everybody is wishing one day I get up and I hope my wife is pregnant. One day I get up and I hope my business is booming. One day I get up and my mom is able and mobile. Good luck. May Allah make it happen. May Allah make it happen. So the angel asked him, what do you wish? He said, I wish I can get up one day. My skin is in good color. And what wealth would you love? Because... You know, people despise me and there's a stigma to my condition. People alienate me and they look strange at me. What would you like? He said, I would love camels. The hadith of Bukhari, he was given a 10-month pregnant camel and said, this is yours. And he said, may Allah bless you in your health. And the angel then just passed his hand. Hadith of Bukhari and Muslim. I doubt what I see and I doubt what I hear, but I don't doubt what my Nabi told me, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We're living in a world of intellectual apostasy. May Allah guide one and all and protect us. Anyway, the angel passed his hand. This man's health was restored, gave him a camel and said, may Allah bless you. I will wrap up shortly. He went to a person who was uh, bald, right? In the world, in, in the cosmetic world today, you know what, laser treatment, get back your hair, get back your honor, get back your dignity. Like So much kept in the hair. I didn't even know that. Okay. But anyway, get your hair, your status, your honor, whatever it is. So what? So the angel passed his hand and instantly there was growth and he had hair. What would you love? I would love cattle. So he was given a, a cow that had a calf and was on the family way. May Allah bless you. And then he goes to a blind person, goes to a blind person. What would you love? I've quoted this many times in my talk and a woman in America was asked, a visually impaired, if the Almighty restored your vision for one moment, what would you like to see in that minute? And she said, the smile of a child. Wow. Wow. Can we pause for a moment? Can we value what Allah gave us? What are we chasing? How long are we running? Till where are we going? Can we not value what we have? Some people are so poor, the only thing they have is money. 
And some people are so rich, the only thing they don't have is money. They have a family, they have people who love them, they have people who care for them, they have a legacy, they have values, they have morals, they have, they have things in place. The only thing they don't have is tangible notes and that's it. So he passed his hand over and then his vision was restored. What you would like a goat? He was given a pregnant goat with a kid in the way and said, may Allah bless you. Time moved on and then the angel came in a human form. The hadith of Bukhari, Nabi Sassim said, and he came to the man who was once a leper and he says, hey, listen, brother, I'm stranded here. I'm stranded. I'm, I'm stranded. You, you want to help me out? So the words of the hadith is, this man told him, I'm paraphrasing, back off, I'm very busy. Back off. You're insensitive. You don't come now. This is not the time. I know of a friend of mine who cries to me till today, who owned millions. And I've been to his place and he invited me many a times for lectures. And unfortunately, everything just dipped down. And he says, when I went back to the drawing board and in hindsight, I tried to put back my life together. I remember many a times on my busy periods, my mom used to call me and used to say, Mommy, I'm busy now. I can't talk. Mommy, I'm busy now, I can't talk, I'll talk to you end of the month. I'm talking of a man sitting on six figures and beyond. And he said, one after the other. My message, my brother, is fear. Your Lord can strike any time. If you don't fear, that's the trait of a munafiq. If you fear, that's the quality of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi He said, listen, I'm busy, back off. So he moved away. Then he asked him, he said, but weren't you a leper? He said, no, no, you got a, you know what, cross identity. You got a cross identity. That wasn't me. He said, in kunta kadiban fasayyarakallahu ila ma kunt. The way I look at it, you're a liar. And may Allah return you to where you were, if not worse. Done. Things just started dipping in his life, one after the other. Went to the person who was bald, asked him again, I'm too busy. Back off from here. Moved away from here. Cursed him. He lost his wealth. The hadith says, lihada wadim min al-ibil wa lihada wadim min al He had a valley of camels and a valley of cows and cattle and whatever. Everything went down. He came to the blind person. He said, listen, I'm in a crisis. You've got all this flock here and goat here. I'm just asking you for one. He says, brother, I own nothing. You've been very kind to ask one. Everything belongs to Allah. Take even more. He said, that's all I want to ask you. I am the angel of Allah sent you. Allah tested you and your companions. Allah is happy with you. Today you can give it, tomorrow it's gone. There's no reward. Today it's yours. I'll leave you with this last reflection. Allah told the Prophet One of the repeated themes in the Quran is the warnings Allah sounds. Sovereignty, authority, might, grandeur, muscle, cloud, in control. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. It's mine. It's not yours. Don't be arrogant. Allah says, oh my prophet, I can seize the revelation I've given you, a verse of the 15 Jews. And you know what does Allah say? When I seize, there's no recourse against me. There's no recourse. Allama Hakim al-Umar writes in Bayanul Quran, فِيهِ أَشَدُّ الْخَوْفِ عَلَى سَلْبِ مَا رُزِقَ أَحَدْ مِنَ النِّسْبَةِ وَالْكَمَالِ كيف ولا أحد أعز على الله من حبيبه فلما خطب نبيه بهذا فأين غيره من Allah told his Nabi, I can stop revelation. And the scholars say the aim was just to convey the message to us. So if Allah addresses his Nabi with a warning, where's my skill? 
Where's my medical knowledge? Where's my speaking oratory skills? Where's my abilities? If Allah sounded a warning to his Nabi, nobody else is insulated. My message is fear, and in fear there's safety. My message is give charity, in charity there's protection. Imam Shafi said life is but a moment. Make it a moment of obedience. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, mulij in Nahari fil layli wal layli fil Nahar. Huwa al Hakim ul Qadir. Alladhi kullu shayin indahu bimikdar. Fasubhan alladhi sahara lakumus shamsa wal kamara was sahab al midrar. Wa anzala minhu gaythan yukhrijuth thimar. Wa inta uddu ni'amata allahila tuhsuha inna al insana lavalu mun kafar. Wa nashadu alla ilaha illa allahu wahdah. La sharikala. ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله الذي تألقت من مشرق هدايته أشعة الإيمان في الأقطار ونبعت من بحر فيضه ينابيع الحكمة في البوادي والأمصار صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى يوم عطلت فيه العشار وعلى آله وصحبه الذين هم أشداء على الكفار أما بعد فيا أولي الأنظار اقتربت الساعة واستبانت لها الآثار وأنتم في مهامه الأمان تهمون في العشي والإبكار وفي غياه بالآمال تتيهون بالتبار وأشرب في قلوبكم حب القصور والخيول والدراهم والدينار وتسعون في الأرض علوا وفسادا مداعب الأبكار عباد الله توبوا إلى الله جميعا لعلكم ترحمون في دار القرار وحافظوا على الجمع والجماعات بالسكينة والوقار وسووا صفوفكم وسدوا الخلل فتعصموا عن التخالف وسوء الأفكار روي في الأخبار عن سيد الأخيار أنه صلى الله عليه وسلم قال سووا صفوفكم وحاذوا بين مناكبكم ولينوا في أيدي إخوانكم وسدوا الخلل فإن الشيطان يدخل فيما بينكم بمنزلة الحزب أو كما قال جعلنا الله وإياكم من الأبرار وجنبنا وإياكم مواقع الأشرار إن ألذ ما يتلى في الأسحار كلام الله العزيز الغفار أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وأقيموا الصلاة وآتوا الزكاة واركعوا مع الراكعين الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والجنة للموحدين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلاة والسلام الأكملان الأتمان على الركن الأعظم أفضل من تقدم ومن تأخر وعلى آله وأصحاب الغر الميامين يا رب اللهم ارحم ضعفاءنا ويسر أمورنا واختم بالباقيات الصالحات أعمالنا ربي عجز الطبيب فداونا وفسد الزمان فنجنا وضعفت حيلتنا فقونا إلهي حملت نوحا على ذات ألواح ودسر يا ذا العزة والجبروت وردت ليعقوب بصره بعدما بيضت عيناه يا ذا الملك والملكوت وجمعت بينه وبين ابنه يوسف قبل أن يموت ونجيت موسى في التابوت وحملت يونس في بطن الحوت ونجيت الحبيب محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بخيوط العنكبوت سبحانك سبحانك أنت الحي الذي لا يموت أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أفأمنوا مكر الله؟ 
فلا يأمن مكر الله إلا القوم الخاصرون يقول العلماء ويدخل فيهم من اغتر بكونه صاحب النسبة ولم يخف استلابها فإياك إياك أن تأمنه ففي الأمن الخوف وفي الخوف الأمن قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العلي العظيم يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أعلى وأولى وأعز وأجل وأهم وأتم وأعظم وأكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إنما مثل الحياة الدنيا كما إن أنزلناه من السماء فاختلط به نبات الأرض مما يأكل الناس والأنعام حتى إذا أخذت الأرض زخرفها وزينت وظن أهلها أنهم قادرون عليها أتاها أمرنا ليلا أو نهارا فجعلناها حصيدا كأن لم تغن بالأمس 
كذلك نفصل الآيات لقوم يتفكرون والله يدعو إلى دار السلام ويهدي من يشاء إلى صراط مستقيم للذين أحسنوا الحسنى وزيادة ولا يرهق وجوههم قتر ولا ذلة أولئك أصحاب الجنة هم فيها خالدون الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين فذرهم في غمرتهم حتى حين أيحسبون أن ما نمدهم به من مال وبنين نسارع لهم في الخيرات بل لا يشعرون إن الذين هم من خشية ربهم مشفقون والذين هم بآيات ربهم يؤمنون والذين هم بربهم لا يشركون والذين يؤتون ما آتوا وقلوبهم وجلة أنهم إلى ربهم راجعون أولئك يسارعون في الخيرات وهم لها سابقون ولا نكلف نفسا إلا وسعها ولدينا كتاب ينطق بالحق وهم لا يظلمون الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حميده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله 
الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم أصلح لنا ديننا الذي هو عصمة أمرنا وأصلح لنا دنيانا التي فيها معاشنا وأصلح لنا آخرتنا التي إليها معادنا واجعل الحياة زيادة لنا في كل خير واجعل الموت راحة لنا من كل شر اللهم آمنا في أوطاننا اللهم آمنا في أوطاننا ربنا أتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه عبدك ونبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من كل شر ما استعاذك منه عبدك ونبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله